use me to, to share his word, and I know I am not worthy. But because of him that resides on the inside of me, and I made myself available to be used, I am truly thankful and blessed for this opportunity. God has been speaking to me about Joshua. And I mean, like, for a while now, and um, the last couple of sermons, Pastor Ray spoke about Joshua, some scriptures in Joshua, and then this past week, Pastor Stanley spoke about Joshua. And some years ago, when I first got ordained, someone gave me, a family member, gave me this here keychain, and it's Joshua. Uh, one nine, and it says, "Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go." Family, this is a promise that God has made, not just to Joshua. This is to all His children. He is with you, and He want to remind you. Don't be afraid of the darkness. Be courageous. Because see, the enemy want to keep you in the dark. But with God, you're always in the light. You are the light, to be exact. You are the light in those dark places, in those dark times. And today I want to share a word. And the title of my message today is, What is the River Jordan? What is the river Jordan of your life? See, because we get stuck in things, some things that the enemy try to put it as obstacles in our way can prevent us from moving forward. And sometimes it's just a mind over matter thing. We was watching a show yesterday on me and my wife where um, this gentleman, he was trying to figure out how he can allow himself not to fall victim to his own stresses. Because the stress prevents you from moving forward. And see, this is what the enemy does. He tried to bombard you with stress and distractions to keep you stuck and not moving forward. And today I want to talk to you about this second leg of the journey of the children of Israel. See, they went on one leg already of the journey out of Egypt. And they got stuck in a place that they weren't supposed to get stuck in. And it's because they allowed distractions. They allowed being comfortable in your discomfort to allow you not to want to move forward because you think where you was at was better than where you are. And that's a lie from the enemy. Because I know where I'm at is much better than where I was at. And, and sometimes we forget to, to register that part. You know, and, and it's easy to get comfortable in your discomfort. Because you're used to just having 
But now you're in a situation where you got to do it differently and some things are unknown. See, but he's a man of his word. We're talking about a God that's a man of his word. We're not talking about man. See, because if you depend on man, you're going to have some letdowns. You're going to have some disappointments. You're going to have some setbacks. And see, instead of recognizing that it's man, we want to blame God. And sometimes that man or woman is ourselves. You know, and this is something that happened to the children of Israel during that time in the wilderness. You know, see, God provided for everything they needed. It didn't have a need. But they wanted more. It didn't look like what they thought it should look like. Sound familiar? How many of us been there? And then we start murmuring and complaining. And then not moving. Because we're so busy complaining, we ain't going nowhere. And this is what happened to the children of Israel. So for 40 years, 40 years, family, they were stuck. How many of us been stuck? I've been there. I've been there. But when I began to trust God and what he was saying for me to do, even in the uncertainty, I began to move forward. Pastor Ray talked, I said, 18 years we've been together. And this was my first pastor and my only pastor. And when I met him, it wasn't a judgment about where I've been and where I come from. And this is what we got to be careful from, children of God. Being judgmental on people who come or God placed in our life to speak into. Because even if they're not moving in any fashion that we believe they should be, we still got to give them what God has given us to give them. It's up to them what they do with it. See, God gave the children of Israel everything they needed to move forward, but they chose not to. It wasn't because he was forbidding them or any obstacles in their way. They stopped themselves. See, God is not going to give you something you're not ready for. And in order for them to move to that next level, in order for us to move to the next level that he's calling us to, there's some things that we have to overcome. Because God's goal for us is for us to be successful. Because by us being successful, he's glorified. He's not glorified when we fail. And see, so if he told you something, Know that it's going to come to pass. And see, the thing is, see, we live in time. God don't live in time. And because things don't move according to what we think it should, we start getting worried, burning down, stressed. We only got one vessel here on this earth, and that's the body. See, the enemy job is to what? Steal, kill, and destroy. So if I can cause you to stress, be weary, be weary, and what's that going to do? Destroy the body, right? 
pastor talk about all the time. There's a multitude of treasures in the graveyard that never came to pass and be fulfilled to what God is purposing to do. God is calling us to a new place, man. What is your river Jordan? He already spoke some things into your life for you to move forward in. But because that river looks so deep and so far, you think you can't make it. But he will shake things up to allow you to cross. Ask me how I know. I've been there. You've been there. That's why you're here now. We all here for a reason. God has done some things in our lives and we want more of it. I know I am. I have such a peace on my spirit that I can't even explain. And it hasn't always been there. Let me be honest. I can remember this first trek of this year journey six years ago when I did it. It was heavy because I didn't know how I was going to make it based off of myself. See, and that's what happens. Sometimes we get stuck wondering how we're going to make it because we base it on ourselves. But when we base it on the God who loves us, who keeps his promise, we will never fail. We will never fail. And that's what I'm here to tell you and show you here in God's word. And you can read it for yourself. There's so many great stories in here about people who had a journey and a path to cross. But they couldn't do it in themselves. They had to let go and allow God to move in their lives to get them to that, get them across. And it don't stop there, family. It don't stop. It's a continual growth period. Because where we're at now is not where he wants us to stay. We serve an infinite God. There's no end. He said he wants us to have dominion over the earth. Not the people. The earth. And the things therein. See, Pastor Ray talk about money is a tool. But see, the world wants you to make money your God. And we serve a jealous God. See, he'll give us everything we need necessary to survive. I told you, in my first journey, this leg of this here, this here journey that I'm taking, I was worried because I didn't have enough money. But let me tell you, God provided. When I began to let go and allow him to do what he said he would do, those burdens begin to lift. And that's what God wants you to do. He wants you to, he wants to make your burdens light. And that's what he tried to do with the children of Israel. He had made a promise to them they would be out of bondage. And when he made that promise, it was supposed to happen exactly when he said it. But because they were stuck, because sometimes we get stuck and not hear the voice of God and not trust and believe in what he said, 
we don't move forward in accordance to what his will is. And it's not because of him, it's because of us. And that's the same thing that happened with the children of Israel. Only two people came out of Egypt and made it into the promised land. Caleb and Joshua. Only them. The, they the only ones that made it out. The original ones who came out of Egypt. So, this is for all of us. Not everybody's going to make it. The world tells us that. Because not everybody's going to get it. Not everybody's going to trust and believe in what God is saying. We see it in this world right now. There's so much distraction, so much things going on that people are questioning God. They're saying this is the worst time right now than people who believe in God. And it's not because he don't keep his word. It's because people are so distracted and so misinformed because, like Pastor Wade said earlier, miracles are still happening. Miracles are happening every day in our lives. But because it's just a natural occurrence, we take it as normal. I just got a message from one of the brothers that goes here, Brother Paul Walker. He told me he was taking my ambulance from his job rushed to the hospital because he thought he was having a heart attack. But it turned out he wasn't. Thank God. Let's keep him in prayer. They said everything is good, but they still want to check him out. But see, this is a gentleman who made a commitment that he want to do something different. And ever since he made that commitment, the enemy has been bombarding him to keep him from moving forward. And this is the this is what the enemy does. He can't stop you, but he'll put obstacles in your way to make you stop. I tell people all the time when you get baptized, believe me. When you make that commitment to Christ, the enemy is going to be after you ten times more than he was before. And you just got to stand on that same foundation that you made that commitment to follow him, to continue to follow him in spite of whatever happens. And this is what I'm here to talk to you about, man. Hallelujah. Today I come in hopes to encourage and inspire the children of God to press forward in what he has gifted you to do in the kingdom. Just like the person of this message, God has ordained you for a purpose and a reason. Every single one of us, he has ordained us from the beginning, when we were in our mother's womb, for a purpose and a reason. And sometimes we don't understand it. We wonder, I, I, believe me, I hear it. People believe that they don't have no purpose. 
was born. I didn't know how God would use me. I didn't even have that in my thought pattern as a young man. I wasn't thinking 10, 20 years down the line. And that's why I thank God for Harvest Christian Academy because we're instilling that leadership mentality in them young, letting them know that they have a purpose in who they are and giving them a foundation to stand on. So when the enemy comes attacking, they can put on the arm of God and stand firm on God's word and know who they are. Because like Pastor Pete said all the time, if, if you don't have an identity, the world will give you one. And I was one, I have no identity. So I turned to the streets and the streets gave me an identity. I was a little thug in the street, doing stupid stuff, making excuses as to why. See, when we do sin, we make excuses for why we do sin. And see, one sin ain't no better than another sin. So don't think anybody better. A sin is a sin. So if the enemy will give you an excuse to do what you want to do. But I'm here to let you know that God has a purpose for your life. And the enemy's job is to try to stop you and deter you. Because if you do what God has called you to do, who gets the glory? God gets the glory. He gets the glory. The enemy wants to stop that. Hallelujah. Yes, our story may not be as great as Joshua, Moses, Paul, or Jesus. However, whatever it is, we have to have an impact on the lives connected to us. You know, if Dr. Williams didn't cross his many river Jordans, we wouldn't be here. And those who know him and been here for a while, y'all know the story. There's plenty of times he could have turned his back and went the other way. But he plowed forward through those pathways where he didn't know how he was going to get through. And believe you me, I know because I've been with him on the boat. And, and wonder how, but the faith, that faith and belief that what God has ordained him and purposed him for will come to pass. And that same faith and that same belief we all should have because we are witnesses. See, we, we don't have to be here to, to bear witness to miracles and see things happen. We see it in here. My life in itself is a miracle. Some of your lives are miracles. And it's only through the grace of God and our trust and belief in us plowing forward that we're here now. And where you're at now is not the end. That's, family, that's why I say I'm so excited about what God is doing. Because I know this is only the beginning. I'm just a baby. I'm just a baby in this here church. And see, the thing, it's not for me. It's for the lives that we're able to touch, that's going to live on, that we have an impact in later on when we're gone. That's what it's about. I think about my mom who's not here. She's been gone over 12 years now. 
But the impact that she had, she gave us God's word. I watched her press and push forward in spite of the obstacles that was in her way. A single mom with six kids and oftentimes had five more in the house. That wasn't hers, but she'd take care of them. And still press. Yes, she made mistakes. Yes, she made some bad choices. Yes, we all do. But the goodness of the heart is what God watches. He knows your heart. We're going to make mistakes. That's why Jesus died on the cross. Because we know in ourselves we cannot do it by ourselves. That's why we have a saving grace. And that's what we got to be able to stand on. He's not looking for us to be perfect. He's just looking for us to be better. Be better. Continue to be better. Grow and mature. Amen? Amen. All right, let me get into this word. Let me. You see, the word, these rivers are not there to stop us, but to have us trust and grow in our relationship with God. See, the enemy wants it to stop us, but God will allow it to be opportunities for us to grow in our relationship with him. Turn with me to Joshua chapter 1, verse 1 through 9, we're going to be, and this is where most of my message is going to come from. And this is a couple of weeks in the series, but today is the first one. And it says, and I'm coming out of the Amplified, and it says, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' minister, Moses, my servant, is dead. So now arise and take his place. Go over this Jordan, you and all this people, into the land which I am giving to them, the Israelites, every place upon which your sole of your foot shall tread, that have I given to you, as I promised Moses, from the wilderness and this Lebanon, and the great rivers of Phrates territory, and the land, all the land of the Hittites, Canaanites, and to the great Mediterranean Sea on the west shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not fail you or forsake you. Be strong confident, and of good courage, for you shall for you shall cause this people to inherit the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Only you be strong and very courageous, he said it twice, that you may do according to all the laws which Moses, my servants, commanded you. Turn not from the right hand or to the left, that you may prosper wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, that you may observe and do according to all that is written in it, for then you shall make your way 
prosperous, and then you shall deal wisely and have good success. Have not I commanded you, be strong, vigorous, and very courageous. Be not afraid, neither be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Amen. Family, you need to be excited about this. He said, wherever your soul's tread is your territory. Family, I can remember when we came over to this building. I can remember when we went to the first building in Bloomington. And we walked in that building. And people who was with us didn't see what Pastor Ray seen. See, everybody ain't going to see the vision that God has given you. I know you're right. So everybody is not going to agree or understand why you do some of the things that you do. But if God told you to do it, you better do it. Regardless of what anybody else say. Because he gave the vision to you, not them. And see, the enemy, he's not a respecter of persons. He will use your best friend to discourage you if they make themselves available. So it's up to you to not be discouraged, to trust and believe and know what he said is true and will come to pass. Amen? Family, this is a message for everyone under the sound of my voice. God has you here today because there's a river in front of you that you are not sure you can cross. You are being called to do something as a lead that you have made, never fully functioned in. Pastor Ray always talked about the number two. Joshua was number two. See, so, sometimes God have you at number two so he can prep you to be ready to leave when he calls you to be number one. So, we can't be afraid to be number two or even three. Because if God called you to something, it's going to come to pass. You just got to do your part. And see, the enemy will bombard our, our minds and say, oh, my why I got to be number two? Why I got to be number three? We worry about our position. Let's just worry about our purpose. See, the kingdom of God is not flourishing and functioning to its full capacity because too many people worry about being number one. Instead of being the leg, the arm, whatever part that God has called you to be, to be and be the best that you can be. And that's how the kingdom will grow. And that's what we're trying to do here at Harvest. And we're trying to build leaders. And we want you to function in the, in the gifting that God has called you to. Because we can't do it all. And it's not called for us to do it all. There's some giftings on the inside of each one of you for the kingdom of God to be purposeful. And that's what we want to bring out. That's how, that's how the kingdom of God is going to grow. And it's not going to just be here at harvest. It's 
going to be at Canaan, it's going to be at First Baptist, all the places where the children of God who really love God and follow God will be. And it's up to us to have open arms and, and, and embrace them. And believe you me, God will do the pruning because the ones who are not supposed to be a part of the tree, he will prune them. We at Harvest, we witnessed some pruning. Some people just fall away because that, they're not a part of that vision. Amen? He's calling us to do some things and to lead. However, you have been leading all along. And now you're being called out of your comfort zone. You're called, you're being called to the front line. You're not in the back no more. You're called to the front line. And sometimes being up front can be uncomfortable. See, because when you're up front, see, Pastor Ray said all the time, like, he's in front of the airplane. The people in the passenger seats and the airplane. They don't feel all the pressure and all the impact that he feels. And see, even us as parents, that's a good example. Us as parents, we get the impact to protect our children. We cover them. See, they don't really, they don't really know the, the fullness of what you've done to cover them and protect them. Until they got to get to the front line and they got children of their own. And then they begin to realize. See, but God has given us his word. He's given us all the examples for us to follow. And that's why it's so important for us to get into his word. To spend time in his word. So we can bring it back up. So the Holy Spirit can bring it to our remembrance when we're going through those times. Those tough times. When we hear it, when we have an obstacle to cross that river joy, when we can let down the stress and be able to move forward in spite of. Family. Pastor always talk about number two. But there's a point where number two will be called to be number one. God is reminding us, just like he did with Joshua in verse 1 9. Have I not, have not I commanded you, be strong, vigorous, and very courageous. Be not afraid, neither be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Family, if we grab hold of that, if we grab hold of that, how much easier would these obstacles be that we face? I hold on to this here. You know, and I can remember when Pastor first asked me to be the assistant pastor. He said, you're my Joshua. And the person who gave me this, they didn't know that. You know, so it, it, it just speaks volumes because I know God has been this in my life. Because I know everything I'm doing is not because of me. Because in myself, I failed over and over again. But with him, I can be strong. I can be courageous. I can press forward. 
and supersede those obstacles that's in front of me. Just like each and every one of you, you're here because you crossed some river joints in your life. And see, it's not over yet. You ain't finished. You ain't make it to the promised land yet. We in some good times. We, we having some good times. But there's so much more. And it's not just for us. That's the thing. It's for those that God has connected us to. That's why it's so important for each one of us. There's some people that's connected to you that Pastor Ray can't reach, I can't reach, Elder. Only you can reach them. The God in you is the only God they're going to ever see. And that's why it's so important for each and every one of us to do our part. To speak into their lives. Hallelujah. Last week, we had our Veterans Day celebration and Pastor Stedman talked about that journey of the children of Israel took over River Jordan and how the journey was led by a new leader who was a military leader not a diplomatic leader like Moses. See and he spoke about that see because in the military your last command is the only command so if you don't hear nothing else, whatever you was told, that's what you got to stick to. See, and this is why Joshua was such a great leader. See, because he was a military man. So he knew how to take direction without question. You know, see, Moses was a diplomat. He wanted to negotiate. He wanted to be a people pleaser as well. He heard from God, but he also wanted to please the people, so he wanted to hear what they had to say. See, Joshua was demanding. He was demanding. He set standards, and that was it. There was no ifs, ands, or buts. If God said it, that's it. See, but in the beginning, he was nervous. See, because military, you're strategic about everything you do. And we know our pastor, he's very strategic about everything you do. You know so, so he began to question some things. He was uncertain because it was no strategy in what God was telling him to do. It was opposite of what his military mindset was. You know, and we see that in the first battle that they had for Jericho. You know, it, it wasn't armor. It was totally different. And this is the part that we have to be keen to listen to what God is saying. Because God will do some things unusual. Not the way the world does it. Now, Pastor Ray tell you, he'll tell you, you've heard the stories. You know, that's why I say, we have a miracles that's happening right in front of us. And those are the things we need to grab hold because if it happened for him, why can't it happen for you? Hey, He's just like us. He's just like us. But what he's doing, he's operating in his purpose, in his gifting. And if we operate in our purpose and our gifting, you will see those same miracles and those same blessings happen in your life. Ask me, I know I'm living it. I'm living it. Hallelujah. Your last and final command 
is your order. However, Joshua military, there's always strategic planning. Joshua is being called to trust God with a strategy and to follow his command. Just, that is, just like it was tough for Moses before him. Moses like, I'm going to do this, Lord. I stutter. I don't have nothing. He said, trust me. Just open your mouth and I'll speak to you. You know, and I'm saying pastor a lot because he's the example that I see. You know, he's a gentleman. I watched him sit in the mayor's office. I watched him sit on different boards. And I watched him sit in the community, stand on a pew. Uh, he was able to be wherever he needed to be. And that's the same thing for most of us. But sometimes we allow that fear and think we're not good enough to be able to sit in front of a banker and tell him, look, I need $100,000 for this business plan that I got, that God is that. I got written out, I got everything here, and be able to say, this is what I need. A hundred million, whatever it is, we got to be bold enough and know that if God said it, he's going to provide the means necessary for it to come to pass. See, but too often, we get nervous, we're like, that number's too big. I don't have no plan for this here. You know, Ask me how I know because that's me. God, I say, Lord, make me a millionaire. Me and Elder was talking about this the other day. I said, Lord, make me a millionaire. You know, if I had a million dollars, I'd be able to do this and do that. And as I do reflection, I can remember when COVID hit, Moderna was selling for $19 a share. Had I invested $1,000, that company right now is over 200 and something dollars a share. See, we be asking God for stuff, and he give it to us through the Holy Spirit. But we don't do it because we think, oh, that's not enough. I don't got enough. I can't do it right now. And we put other things in front of it. And it stops us from moving forward. And when God has purposes for And this is the part where Joshua had to trust God, God's strategic plan, and just do what he said. And too often, we don't just do what he said to do. I'm here right now. I ain't do it right away, but I did it. He told me to leave my job. He told me to leave my job and follow ministry. And I was trying to negotiate. How many of y'all can relate? We want to negotiate with God. Lord, do I got to do it right now? Can I wait a little while? You know, and see, sometimes if we wait, there can be a life at stake. You know, Pastor Stephanie shared with me this morning, and we prayed for the family who lost a loved one, that he went down yesterday to do his laundry, and there was a gentleman there who was choking, right? He had hit his head. He fell out and hit his head. And he tried to administer CPR and tried to bring him back, but he couldn't. You know, and, and God only knows who might have supposed to have been there during that time to help save that person's life. We don't know. Only God knows. But sometimes if we're not where we're supposed to be, 
We don't know how many lives are affected by our indecisiveness. And see, that's the that's the strategy of the enemy. If he can stop him, he hinders all of us. That's what the enemy wants. See, but he has a plan in place. Because if he's not here, it don't stop. And see, that's what God wants us to have. We need to have a strategic plan in place that regardless of what God said promotion with us, that it don't stop. That impact continues to go forward even when we're gone. We're talking about Jesus Christ. He's been long gone. But the impact and the purpose and the mission continues to move forward because he had a plan in place. He did what God said to do and is still moving forward in spite of them not being there in the present. And this is what God wants for each and every one of us. He's, he's created you for a purpose and a reason. And there's a gifting on the inside of you that's not just for you, but it's for the world. And sometimes we think, oh, I'm, I'm me having an impact on the world. That's me. I didn't think that. And here I am speaking before all people. I never thought I'd be in a position to do that. But when we trust God, he will do things beyond what we can think or imagine. Hallelujah. See, we have seen evidence of trusting God happening around us and even to us. But in spite of the evidence, we still struggle to fully trust in him. I'm here to tell you today that if we want to see the glory of God in our lives and the lives connected to us, we have to be like Moses, Joshua, and all the great leaders after them to be obedient. Just be obedient to what God is telling us to do. Amen? Amen. Turn with me to Joshua 1, 7, chapter 1, verse 17. And here it says, only you be strong and very courageous that you may do according to the law which Moses my servant commanded you. Turn not to the right hand or to the left that you may prosper wherever you go. This book of law shall not depart from your mouth but you shall meditate on it day and night and you may observe and do according to all that is written in it. For then you shall make your way prosperous, and then you shall deal wisely and have good success. Hallelujah. Family, the key in our second sentence is, turn not from it to the right hand or the left, that you may prosper wherever you go. He is reminding Joshua, don't turn either to the right or the left, but keep your eyes on me. Family, when I read that scripture, what popped into my spirit was Peter. Was Peter. Jesus commanded him to come in the storm and walk on water. 
And so long as she, uh, as long as Peter did what he was told and kept his eye focused in on him, he walked successfully. But as soon as he started paying attention to what was going on around him and took his eyes off of Christ, he began to fall. Sound like us. See, our success lies in our obedience. Your success lies in your obedience. So long as you're trusting God and doing what he said to do, and he's not looking for you to be perfect, you're going to make some mistakes in your journey because you've never been there before. So don't, don't take that as that you can't do it. He'll just remind you, you're not ready yet. Ask me how I know because that was me. During those times I was away when he said, you're not ready yet. There's some more you need to do. So I can prepare you for that next level that I'm trying to take. See, sometimes we want some stuff that we're not ready for. And then the enemy will give it to you. Because he knows what you ain't going to succeed in it. And then you're going to blame God. But it ain't God. It's you. You wanted something you ain't ready for. We know our kids, they be asking for stuff. They think they're mature enough to deal with it and handle it. They want to do it. And they're not ready for it. We know they're not ready for it, but sometimes we gotta let them go and let God. Because sometimes we get in the way of what God is trying to raise them up in. You know, we, we gotta trust God and know that He's a man of this word. He's a man of this word. See, as I said, it reminds me of Peter. And when he took his eyes off of God, he began to sink. You know, we're so distracted by this world today. There's so much things going on. I don't even watch the news now. I don't even watch the news because it's so discouraging. There's no good news. There's no good news. Everything is negative. And if you might, you might get two good stories out of, out of our newscasts. Two good stories. And, and, and we know God is doing some great things in our communities. It ain't just negative. And I think if we advertise more of the positive, we'll start getting more positive. But because we feed that negative spirit, all they're doing is feeding that negative spirit. That's making me think that I don't want to go in that neighborhood because it's bad. But there's some good people in it. But because we're leaving and don't be a part of it, all it does is bring more negativity. See, but that's why us as the children of God, we got to break those barriers. We got to go into those communities and speak truth and speak life into those people's lives. And not just talk. We got to bring resources. We got to show them how to get up out of that park that they're in. Because we know how, because we've been there. And we trust in God and He helped us get out of it. So we got to give those them the same tools necessary to move forward as well. And not look at them in negative light because they're not, they're just like you and I. Just don't know any better. 
And it's our job to teach them and help them. That's what Christ is about. That's what he was about when he was on this earth. And that's how we're supposed to be that example. And this is what Joshua was to the people. See, they didn't have Moses no more. They didn't have no more of those negative spirits that was came out of Egypt with them. This was a whole new generation with a new leader who spoke truth and did what God said to. See, they didn't see the miracles that the other, the other children see coming out of Egypt. They didn't experience those. So they had to walk in new miracles. And that's why I say, look, we're walking with the miracle right here. This man fell out two stories with a, a, a chainsaw in his hand. And here. So we see miracles after miracles and not just in his life. We can speak to our own lives. Our own lives. We know some miracles are happening in our lives. And we got to stand on that and move forward in that. But too often the enemy will blind us with the distractions of things are not being the way we think they should be right now. But my right now was last year. It's different this year. Because I didn't get stuck where I was at. I kept moving forward. If I would have got stuck, my last year would have been this year. And too often, too many people last year is this year. We're moving in circles, not moving forward. And God is calling us to move forward. So if your life is still the same as it was last year, you need to do some self-evaluating. You need to let some things go. You need to move forward because God is not calling none of us to stand still. He's calling us to grow, mature, be more Christ-like and do more things. Not just for ourselves, but for the kingdom of God and God's people. We are supposed to have dominion over this earth. Ain't no way the government is not supposed to be in charge. We supposed to be in charge of the government. They're not supposed to be operating outside of our will. But too often we set aside and allow them. There was a time it was like that. But now they bombarded us with so many distractions that we're not paying attention to the things that they're doing. And they're doing so many things outside of the will of God. That's moving us further, further away from in God we trust. Right. To the point where it's in man we trust, Biden, Trump, all the elephant, the donkey, the tea party, all these different aspects of men we're trusting more than we trust in God. Family, the next sentence and one to remember is from Joshua 1 and it says this book of law shall not depart out of your mouth but you shall meditate on it day and night that you may observe and do according to all that is written in it for then you shall make your way prosperous and then you shall deal wisely and have good success 
What book he talking about? This book. This book. The Word. And who is the Word? Christ is the Word. So there's nothing that we face here on the earth that we cannot overcome. He says, so long as we meditate on this word day and night, have it a part of our heart, so when that enemy come up against you, you can stand strong with the full arm of God, knowing who you are and knowing who he called you to be, and not fret, not back down, but move forward and whichever he's called you to do. This is a keeper, family. God wants us to be students of his world. He wants it to be a part of who we are. Don't get me wrong. He's not looking for us to be perfect, but better. So, stand, so the more we stand on his word, the stronger we will be against the wiles of this world. From the Old Testament to the New, keeping God's commandment is necessary to this walk and his purpose for our life. Here in Psalms, I'm going to give you a few scriptures where he's talking, he reminded us how important the word is for us. Psalms 40, verse 8. And it says, I delight to do your will, oh my God. Yes, your law is within my heart. Your law, his word, is within my heart. That's how we can stand. That's how we can move forward. Turn to 1 John chapter 5, verse 3. And it says, for the true love of God is this, that we do his commands, keep his ordinance, and are mindful of his precepts and teachings. And these orders of his are not irksome, irksome burdensome, or oppressive, or grievous. See, his word is to build us up. And see, the enemy will have us thinking, oh, he's trying to keep us from doing this. It's a whole bunch of don't do this and don't do that. No, that's far from it. You just won't want to do it no more. I know you're right. It's not about no do's and don't. No, it's about you having it in your spirit that you have no desire for it anymore. That's it. So it won't be bothersome anymore. It becomes easier and easier to walk with him in this world. Deuteronomy chapter 6 verse 17 it says you shall diligently keep the commandments of the Lord your God and his his exhortation and his statutes which he commands you and in James chapter 1 22 and James is a, the New Testament Psalms. James, there's a whole bunch of wisdom in James. He speaks wisdom to us for right now. 
You know, the same way with songs. James 22, 122 says, and you need to read that fully, that, that chapter, that verse, that chapter right there. It says, but be doers of the word. Pastor said that earlier today. Obey the message and not merely listens, listeners to it, but train yourselves into deception by reasoning contrary to the truth. See, God has called us to be doers of the word. Not just hearers, you know. I talked to the kids the other day. There's a difference between listening and hearing. You know, because we can hear. We heard our parents tell us not to do stuff, but once we listen, you know. So sometimes when there's some things that you don't want to listen to, you hear it, but you're not listening. You know, and it's important for us to be listeners of God's word. To be doing what he called us to do. And that's why it's so important. That's, that's how greater works for you do. Through the words of your testimony. So if you don't speak, nobody can hear. And if you don't listen, you don't hear what someone's saying. We got to be open to receive and to give. And that's going to be so important for us going forward in this time, in this season. Because the enemy is out to distract us and give us a whole lot of false information and false hope. So we got to pay attention. And it's important for you to know the word because there's going to be some false prophets out there speaking into your life, telling you this here, telling you that. The word tells us this is coming. And I tell people all the time, if God hasn't spoken to you first and someone tell you that God said this for your life, you better run. Because he ain't going to tell somebody else something before he tell you. They just confirm what God has already said. Amen? Family, these are just four scriptures out of over 72 where God is reminding us on how important his word is. For us to be able to cross over the joints of our life. This is how we get to walk in the call of the day of God. You know, I tell you, there's a peace that's over me that I can't even explain. In spite of what may be going on around me. And this is what God wants you to have. He wants you to have that same type of peace that you will be able to walk with him and hear him clearly. See, because if you got distractions and you got things going on, you can't hear clearly. And God wants us to hear clearly what he's saying to us. Amen? Amen. And it says here, family, there's a peace that comes over us when you have that relationship with God and the excitement for the future. Family, we should be excited for the future for those who love God and know that God keeps his promise. That song spoke volumes. If he said it, believe it. If he said it, believe it. That's why I'm excited about the future. Not for myself, but for the children of God. For the lives that God is going to connect me to where I can have an impact on their lives. 
So we'll be able to see more children of God doing more things. And it's not going to be just through me, it's going to be through all of you. We just have to do our part. And that's why we need to be excited about the future and what God is doing. Amen? I can only imagine the excitement and the growth of trust that Joshua experienced with each victory he achieved walking with God. You see, Joshua and Caleb were are the remaining two who've seen all the miracles of God from the beginning of their journey out of Egypt. What are your remembrance stones of your journey? Have you laid down some stones of the miracles that happened in your life? So you can remember when and how God has seen you over that river. See, God had them lay down stones after they crossed the Jordan for remembrance for the children to come behind them to show them Look, we overcame, not by ourselves, but through God. And too often, we haven't left no stones. So we can't reflect back. And the ones behind us can't reflect back. I said early on my, my journey with God, early on, that I didn't understand why people would, I didn't understand why my godmother was, Catching the Holy Ghost and praising God and, and different things because nobody explained it to me. I just seen her worshiping and praising God and, and catching the Holy Ghost and falling out. I was scared because nobody told me. I didn't know about the stones that God was fulfilling in her life through my God brothers and my mom and, and those that she was praying for and she watched them persevere and supersede those things. Those obstacles. See, we got to lay some stones and tell the children about those stones. Let them know where you came from. We can't be ashamed of it. Because we didn't overcome it on our own. Only the God in us. So they can have something to stand on. Because, see, what they see is what you have now. And all they see is our grandma talking, our pastor Rob is talking again. But they don't know the stones that was left behind. That's why our words, our testimonies are so important. We got to share those. So lay your stones. Remember your stones. Don't forget them. Because you're going to come across some people who need to hear about the stones. Family, what are your remembrance stones of your walk with God? I believe God told Joseph, Joshua, to lay the stones as reminders because he knew there would be a time when man would question the truth of his word, but also as a reminder for his believers to stand on. Some people won't believe it unless you have evidence. We are the evidence of God's love. We are the evidence of God's love. Because without his love, we wouldn't be here now. No one knows your journey like you do. We need to start laying down journey stones for those coming behind you. In closing, do not let no Jordan stand between you and what God is calling you to do 
in the kingdom. They are lives connected to you. And what will be your impact on those lives? Amen. Family, I pray that this word has spoken to you. And I ask Pastor Ray, if there's anybody here who's struggling in that journey to cross the Jordan in their life, we want to pray with you. We want to stand in the gap. We, we want to stand in agreement with what God has already spoken into your life to do and to be. Because I know every single one of you have a gifting and a calling on your life. 